Hi everyone, happy Monday. I have a special guest with me today. Yeah, it's Monday. Uh, Christy's with me. Um, Christy and I are actually distant relatives. Um, and give me, uh, give me the rundown on yourself. Tell me about yourself. Oh, I am 29 years young, looking for living a life of passion and enthusiasm and realness and being as awesome of a me as I can be, something I've maybe struggled with in, in past times of my life, not always um, allowing myself to be as big and fabulous as I really think I am on the inside. So I'm just working to, to let that shine out a little bit and, and not be attached to other people liking what I'm shining. Touche. So today's topic is about vulnerability, and we're just going to make this as raw and organic as possible. Um, there's no screwing up. There's no right or wrong answer. So, uh, first question is, what is your definition of vulnerability? Do I go first on this one? You can if you have an answer for it. All right. Well, I think I kind of mentioned it a little bit with what I'm trying to be in my life, because really what I'm trying to be in my life is vulnerable and what that means is I get a couple words I, I get the word authentic I get the word real I get the word raw I get the word emotional um, and not necessarily like needing to make that like a big giant public statement at all times but knowing when there's those instances where it is time to kind of open up and just be human <laughs> Yeah. and realize that I'm with other human beings when I'm opening up and, and knowing who those kind of like safe spaces and safe people are and, and knowing when, you know, I'm just kind of wasting my breath on somebody that's not so meaningful or important to or, yeah, or maybe even just a waste of my own breath. Well, I don't know. Fair. I think my definition of vulnerability is essentially not being fake. Um, and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. Because those uncomfortable situations make you vulnerable. Um, when you do things that are comfortable all the time, you are essentially beating to the, or drumming to the beat of everyone's drum mm -hmm. instead of your own. And so I feel like being vulnerable is a place in life where you can, yeah, be authentically you and be uncomfortable and kick ass in those situations. I like, so I teach yoga. Um, that's kind of like my main gig. And I love the word weird and I love the word uncomfortable and I love the word awkward and, and not just the word, but like the experience of those words. Because for me, when I get to experience something like uncomfortable or weird or awkward or different or whatever you want to call it, in my body, I recognize it as, it's probably uncomfortable because it's new, um, and that anything that's new is a, is a learning experience. So yeah. I get kind of really geeked out when somebody's like, oh, this feels kind of weird. I'm like, yes, it does, weird is good. Like we're learning something, we're building new, you know, neural pathways, like we were talking about earlier today when we were talking about the brain a little bit. Um, we're kind of designing a new groove for us to flow into instead of following the same groove that we've probably had since, you know, we were kids. 
Well, that's another thing. I think that everybody's definition, I mean, everyone's definition of vulnerability is probably very similar, but everyone can resonate with something completely different just because the way that we were raised, the difference between right and wrong and what's good and what's bad is different with everyone. And so you and I might have similar but also different things that make us uncomfortable, which makes us really unique. Again, a word that you love. <laughs> Unique. <laughs> Unique. Weird. Different. Different. Individual. Odd. Strange. Yes. All those things. All those yeah. Things. Somebody gave me beef the other day because I, like, called him weird, and I and I realized then, like, my association of the word weird was not his association of the word weird, and come to find out he was called weird, like, in grade school or middle school or whatever, you know, so for him it was, like, this big bullying thing. For me, it was just like, man, you're cool because you're weird. Like, you're different. You're not... You're, you're marching to the, the beat of your own drum mm -hmm. instead of into somebody else's. Like, I really am inspired yes. by individuals like that. So go you, you weirdo. Like, that's kind of what I was saying. So we got to have this really fun conversation who about is that. Th who is this person? Uh, this, is, this is my husband's friend, um, uh, Gary Bruce. Well, we'll call him that. That can be his podcast okay. name, cool. Gary, Gary Bruce. Cool. Yeah. Um, so moving on to our next question. Can you give me a specific example of you being vulnerable and gathering extreme growth out of it? If you can't answer that, I'll answer it myself, and then you can go. Yeah, go ahead. Um, a specific example of me being vulnerable and gathering extreme growth. I hate to put this on blast for the whole internet to hear, but I'm <laughs> about to because it, I'm uncomfortable, and I am just going to go out there and be vulnerable. When I was in college, um, I was... I don't want to say I was uncomfortable with my body, but I had a professor of mine who I'm not going to name, uh, who basically we observed would not give an A to unless you got naked. And I know that that's really weird and people probably cannot connect with that and it probably sounds bad, but um, I would not be doing what I'm doing with my life right now if he had not put that motion, like, put that in motion. So, I was vulnerable. I think it was my sophomore year of college, and I did a nude photo shoot. My roommate helped me. Shout out, Lalo. I'm make sure that he listens to this podcast. Um, he was also uncomfortable, because he felt like I was his sister, and seeing me in my underwear was, like, the weirdest thing for him. Um, so, I really feel like I grew from that experience and it was extremely uncomfortable and to the point where I felt physically sick doing it like something that I was doing was so wrong but in reality <laughs> like we all have the same parts and the same pieces and they're all pretty fucking cool so that really allowed me to like open up and be vulnerable and mm. now I love what I do like I not only am in front of the lens but also behind the lens and I can appreciate both sides so that's a specific example job that made me think of something that I've really kind of sh shined a light on lately is when I'm teaching yoga classes I talk about the pelvis a lot and I realized that like probably a year ago or two years ago I would find all kinds of ways to avoid talking about the pelvis 
or like the pelvic floor. Okay. Which is so important, by the way. Like <laughs> one every, education. Everybody has one, whether you're male or female. Everybody's got a pelvic floor, and it is literally like the seat. It is like the bottom of the canister of your core. And like it's so important for aging. Like, how many old people do you know that pee themselves? Like, do you want to be in that boat? No. No. Me, <laughs> no. Me neither. So let's talk a little bit about the pelvic floor. And I just feel like there's some of these taboos and stuff that um, need broken a little bit. And saying just that everybody has the pieces and parts. Like, I totally understand that. Like, we've all got a butt. We've all got you know some kind of private parts and right. stuff. We've all got hips. We've all got pelvises. Like, I just think it's. It's good to talk about that. So, um, uh, I feel like anytime I put myself in a group of, in front of a group of people, and I'm blessed and cursed <laughs> to have that opportunity a lot, multiple times a week, multiple times a day, normally to be the main leader and talker and facilitator. Um, in front of groups of people, primarily in yoga classes, but now I'm branching out even beyond just like, okay, let me, you know, teach you yoga and, you know, teaching mindfulness, just leading discussions, just like being present with people. Um, and so for me, I'm thinking about a couple instances lately where, I think I mentioned this earlier today, I'm planning things less in my life. Um, and working more on the inner landscape of myself so that when I show up in front of people or just even meeting a friend for coffee or something, like I'm really bringing the whole me and not this like what I planned to discuss and what I expect to kind of, you know, gather by the end of this meeting or by the end of this discussion or something. I just show up in my more present, vulnerable, authentic self and really listen to what the conversation needs or the moment needs or the meeting needs and and things end up getting resolved faster anyways mm -hmm. than if I had spent a bunch of time planning and stressing and worrying and being anxious about if what if what I have is good enough and now I'm just showing up and realizing that, that by bringing me that is what's good enough and I'll be able to kind of be there do for you, whatever a moment do you feel like showing up in that way serves you more than being a planner Definitely, and there's and there's definitely a balance of all of that. It's not like I don't plan anything, but um, I'm finding ways to do more by doing less. Yeah, so finding, before we were so rudely interrupted there for a second, phone call came in, um, finding ways to do more by doing less. And like, so I talked about, like I'm here down in Columbus instead of home in Canton. Um, on a Monday because Mondays are my day off. Mondays are my day where I don't plan something, where I just kind of like show up for whatever life wants to give me that day instead of me being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the one that determines what happens in my life today. I leave a little bit of room for the unplanned and things normally end up, end up really good anyways. <laughs> I love that. And actually we were having this discussion earlier and she's, uh, inspired me to take a day off for myself because I never do. Um, I don't have a me day. I work really, really hard and I'm a workaholic. Um, I get that from my parents. Shout out to the brewers for making me a hardworking individual, mm. but me time is important too. Well, and you'll, you'll work better and you'll work smarter by having a day, like a dedicated day or 
like like even like we said half day you know if that's more reasonable or something like that focus time where you know you're going to take care of yourself i can't wait heck yeah um who do you find most vulnerable in your life and how do you feel towards them Right now, I kind of feel like I'm at the top of my vulnerability in my friend group. (laughs) If I can kind of give a shout out to myself. And I'm really supported by a a small group of people right now. And I feel like we're helping to enable. Ooh, that word's normally like a bad word. But in this instance, it's a good one. We're helping to enable each other the space and the non-judgment and the compassionate kind of space that we can hold for each other in practicing that vulnerability because (laughs) it's messy (laughs) when you when you've never practiced it before like you sound you sound like a (laughs) you know you sound like a little bit of a blubbering mess sometimes like you're trying to work this out you're trying to talk about stuff that maybe you've never talked about in your whole life like you need people that are safe for you to practice that and then by you showing up and being that it's going to happen with them too and then all of a sudden it's just this back and forth and you don't really realize you know one person's not being more vulnerable or whatever you're just all helping each other so I feel really yeah I feel really blessed right now to be in a group of people working on that like at the same time and like really intentionally really consciously like we're all kind of talking about this together and if we have something to say that's hard for us to say, we like say, this is about to be hard for me to say. Can you just hold some space for me while I try to work it out? Mm-hmm. And it's super sweet to have people around that are like, all right, cool. Yeah, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but sure. let me just sit down and listen for a second. Hell yeah. What about you? Hmm. Most vulnerable. I'm going to go ahead and shout out to um, my friend AJ. Because, I mean, I could talk about myself being vulnerable, but I don't... um, I feel like I'm always going to be that way. So one person that's really stepped their vulnerability game up is my friend AJ. And um, I watched him grow from this, like, quiet... I'm not comfortable sharing my feelings. I'm going to let it get to a point where, like, like I explode. Mm. And then it's messy, which is fine. At least it got out. But, like, he was quite reserved and quiet. And I've watched him become this vulnerable, amazing human that has literally, like, inspired me to want to be more vulnerable. And I respect him. And I know that it came from, I mean we did the do that emotional intelligence training program together uh Mm -hmm. and I feel like it it helped him grow it's it showed him um about the things in life that are actually really beautiful that he was afraid of Mm -hmm. and now he's not afraid and we've become closer because of it so yeah I I find that he is my inspiration and uh I totally, like, resonate with him, and the feelings that I have towards him are just mad respect, uh, and almost an ur- a sense of urgency to want to get where he's at for myself. When somebody shares, when, when I'm vulnerable with somebody, or when somebody's vulnerable with me, or even if I, like, see somebody being vulnerable with somebody else, like, it, 
it makes me feel more connected with them. Yeah. And it's probably because maybe both of you were a bit uncomfortable and you shared that uncomfortableness together, which maybe brings people together. That's how I view it. Hear that, folks? The awkward shit brings us together. <laughs> it is. The awkward <laughs> shit. It does. Um, what is something that you want to do to be vulnerable in the next six months? Goals. Hashtag goals. Hashtag dreams. Make a wish. Yes. Uh, uh, we can come back to that. That's a tough one. I'm really... I can feel a lot of motion and lots of movement in my personal and in my professional life right now. Um, And I see a lot of the possibility, but none of it really clearly right now. (laughs) And so it makes it hard to answer that like with a lot of clarity, but I just get this sense that the more I show up personally, like my personal life and my professional life is just really intertwined and I'm really okay with that. Um, It's a good practice for me always to find healthy boundaries um, in every regard. Um, But I feel like the more vulnerable I am in a personal way, the more authentically I can show up for anybody that I might have the privilege of teaching to. Um, And I just feel like there's this like strong pull for me to show up professionally as myself, as an individual, not just, oh, I'm a yoga teacher teaching these ancient Mm. things about yoga that have been around for thousands of years, but I'm Christy teaching about my personal experiences and how we can all kind of resonate with that. I don't know, the more, the more I, the more I embrace my individuality, the more it seems to work out for me on a bigger scale too, on a like bigger than just my own individual self. So just working on yourself, being, being vulnerable with yourself in order to essentially see, just see what happens. Yeah. Like if you've noticed just talking with people and like looking them in the eyes more. It's a weird thing, isn't it? It's a nice People get thing. really get uncomfortable. Like, well, and it doesn't need to be like a contest or right. anything like that, but there's, there's some moments where somebody's sharing something and like, you just, you just need to look in, look them in the eye and look them in the heart and look them in the soul. Sorry, I'm getting hippie on you. No, we res- I resonate. Finny, don't chase that squirrel. I resonate with that. Sit your butt down. Sit down. No squirrels. <laughs> hey. Hey, sit. Thank you. Sit down. Listen to your mother. <laughs> um, what about uh, you? Do you have vulnerability goals in the next I couple do. months? I uh, do. I think mostly it's to be vulnerable and figuring out my health. Uh, I come from a family of alcoholism and masking feelings with drugs and... I want to get to the root of that and where it came from, from all parties, including myself. And so that's definitely vulnerable because it's uncomfortable. It's not something that I usually do. 
So I want to figure that out and figure out what is going to make me most healthy, what is going to make me um, love my body even more than I already do. So for you, a lot of vulnerability has to do with being in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel that. I mean, for me, having years of, like, disordered eating patterns and stuff and yoga being kind of, like, my messy, sloppy recovery from that, um, to come into my body, like, intentionally and consciously and on purpose to, like, inhabit these bones and, you know, flesh and, you know, scar tissue and stretch marks and, you know, all, all of these other, like, things that, like, everybody has, no matter what size you are, has just been tremendously healing for me. And it is vulnerable to be in the body because, you know what, it hurts. It hurts to be in the body. Um, like, we're in pain. It's uncomfortable. Like, society kind of, you know, wants us to cover up a certain way or, you know, act a certain way or dress a certain way. And really really respect and really resonate with the just like get in your body like we've all we've all got these pieces and parts like who cares I think my favorite place bouncing off of that for some ungathered reason I just thought of this but the most powerful place that I've ever been in with a bunch of naked women was the women's locker room when I was on my swim team nobody gave a shit yeah. about anything and I know that we were young and we had these like 18 year old ripped bodies we were working out like swimming around the world just over Christmas break and I don't know maybe that was something that I grew from that I mm. didn't even know about until just now like that's crazy but yeah I'd walk in there and like just people ripping their suits off and not caring and yep. like talk about vulnerable someone started that and I felt comfortable enough to be a part of it and maybe that's where it all stemmed from who knows heck yeah I find myself like like just last night um, my husband had his friend over after our yoga class together and I like put on my pajamas one of which was like a little belly shirt that I feel I love belly shirts I feel so freaking comfortable but I like put a sweatshirt on over top of it for not wanting anybody else to be uncomfortable. Like, it wasn't so much coming from me, but, like, right. worried about making somebody else comfortable or uncomfortable. I don't know. I just, was... Interesting. So it's like, sometimes I'm willing to be vulnerable, but I'm concerned or uh, really hyper-aware of other people's, like, discomfort yeah. with people being fully empowered in their vulnerability. Yeah, it's interesting. I have to kind of think about that a little bit more and what that might mean and how I can just not care. <laughs> well, that's a part of, there's a healthy balance between, it's called codependency. It's where you worry about what other people are thinking more than you worry about what you're thinking. And yeah, there is a healthy balance, but like, does that allow you to be vulnerable? The balance part of it. Like for me personally, um, you're in my house. So if I make you uncomfortable, there's the door. Mm -hmm. Like, I once uh, lived with an individual who I felt I couldn't be me and walk around in the buff. And <laughs> it was because, uh, you know, friends were always hanging out, and which was fine, but I felt as though I couldn't do that, and it was due to what other people might think of me. 
And now that I look back on it, like, how funny would it have been if there were six people at the dining room table and I just walked downstairs butt naked? Would have been great. And they would have been like, we're going to go now. Like, I guess I should have just done that. Like, they would have either stayed and gawked at me or, like, I'm really uncomfortable and I need to leave now. So, like, now looking back at my life, I should have. But now, you know, now I have that vulnerable opportunity presently that I can be like oh okay like oh there's a group full of people in my living room if I feel like walking around naked you're in my house like I pay the bills here so like if you don't like it but then again some people need that healthy balance so it is what it is that's just me personally um what have you been vulnerable with in life that you feel at ease with now as an adult I like the word ease because it doesn't mean easy. But to be, you know, at ease or find a little bit of peace even in the discomfort. So, you know, I used to have a lot of anxiety and occasionally that still kind of bubbles up in my belly. Trying to find a way to transform feelings of anxiety into feelings of excitement because it almost feels kind of really similar, like a visceral feeling, mm-hmm. like it almost feels really similar in the belly. Um, I don't know. Touche. Something that you've been vulnerable with that you feel like maybe now since you did it, you're at ease, more at ease. It's a hard question, lady. I feel at ease in general more in myself, in life, since I've been vulnerable. For me, it's not, I don't have these, like, big moments of vulnerability, but a lot of just, like, everyday, day-to-day stuff that really adds up, and I'm starting to realize how the last year of really working on my anxiety and really working on just showing up as just me nothing else no special you know accessories or anything just me how that's really added up to me you know just being in a in a place internally that I've never really expected to be like feeling courageous and confident and like everything's gonna work out because I'm gonna let it work out I'm gonna do what I need to do to make it work out and you know the highest good for myself sounds like you're also much more adapt and able to let go of things like let go of maybe a little bit of control of things because um you're just saying like kind of just rolling with the punches now and that um and that's interesting because a lot of people want to control every situation and want to control every aspect I feel like I came from that that's huge I was so OCD when I was, like, in college. Like, I couldn't go to bed if there was dishes in the sink. Now there's, like, always dishes in the sink. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even bother me. Like, I would be so mad and so stressed out over all of these little things because it's, like, there were some big things in my life that I, like, my relationship that I thought I had no control over, which I did. I could have left. That was my control over it. I didn't have control to change him to who I wanted him to be or whatever, but... Yeah, I 
really, I mean, and I'm still, you know, I'm still, I'm bossy. Um, but there's a lot of things that I really step back and, um, realize that by not trying to control things, it actually works out better. That's true. Um, control is a good word. I meant to ask you regarding that last question. You said something about anxiety and that you're working on anxiety. Um, for people that are listening that have anxiety issues, what were your, what is, what is, how are you working on that? I know you said you already did a podcast on meditation. Mm, um, I did, but go so ahead. It's not really, I'm not trying to make the whole thing about, about meditation, but, um, what has helped me with my anxiety is finding a couple people that I could really trust um, and having, I mean, my, my teacher, teacher Eden has really helped me with a lot of anxiety. So having this, having a teacher for one, like I have many teachers, we're all teachers for each other. Um, but having this like one teacher that I could go back to consistently, it wasn't like updating somebody on some new information. Right. Um, and they knew nothing else. Like this woman has known me for years now and we've worked kind of intimately and closely together for years and she knows my heart and she knows my soul and so to have her as this like very clear reflection of who I was and where my anxieties were coming from and and what I could do to kind of move forward um that's really been integral so having a support network okay um that's been big Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard. That's a hard thing to answer. It's not a black and white thing. It's not a super concrete thing. Fair. Well, I was also diagnosed with anxiety probably three or four years ago, and just to, um, I didn't go the meditation route. I went like self help book route and therapy route, and I'm not saying that I crush it because the act of removing a negative thing out of your life takes a lot of time. Yeah. And I feel like it's con- it's something that you might constantly have to deal with for the rest of your life and it'll become easier as time goes on. But I feel like the self-help books and like having that right there in front of me to be able to like grab a book when I'm feeling anxious or um, even meditation now or just taking three minutes and breathing and just being still and quiet Um, And also realizing that, like, anxiety has a lot to do with control as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you're out of control from a situation, people can get anxiety from that. And just by simply saying to yourself, like, I don't have control over this situation, so there's no sense in worrying about it. I'm in someone else's hands, or the situation is in someone else's hands. um, Because essentially the word anxiety means worry. And worrying is like a rocking chair. Hmm. Something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Keeps you going, but never gets you anywhere. And um, so to wrap this up, last question. If you were a vulnerability expert, what advice could you give others regarding vulnerability? If you were a vulnerability expert, what advice would you give people on being vulnerable? If I were a vulnerability Not a vulnerability expert. I'm not either, but I'm going to try to be right now. Um, All right. Get naked. Um, That is literally, I think, the most physical way that we can be vulnerable. 
And I feel like once that can happen, then you become comfortable in your own skin and you don't give a shit about what other people think. Yeah. Uh, so, like, why do we have this stigma on people, like, not being comfortable in their bodies? I, I don't understand it. I probably never will. Um, but when women are uncomfortable because they have uh, stretch marks from having a baby, why? That's your story, and it's beautiful. Or people that have lost weight that have, like, extra skin on their body. Like, why? Mm -hmm. You just did something amazing for yourself. Yeah, you just lost 200 pounds. Right. <laughs> like, we all have a story. Um, I'm not perfect by any means, but I love the shell that holds my being and nothing is going to come in between me and that and so I feel like the way that I've been vulnerable it just keeps getting better and better and better and I keep becoming more and more vulnerable which makes me even more authentically me and so yeah do something that's super fucking uncomfortable get naked get naked in front of a stranger like not don't do that awkwardly <laughs> and of course like have consent I'm just saying, like, uh, or I guess what I could say is get uh, get naked and do a photo shoot with Winnie Brewer Photography and see how you feel afterwards. Yeah. I think that ties into, like, for me, you've got to be yourself. I realized a lot of my anxiety was really coming from a place as I was, like, putting myself in this, like, performance place, like, trying to be somebody else's expectations of who I was and not showing up as the authentic me which gave me tremendous amounts of anxiety because that is not where I want to be in my life I totally want to show up and just be the authentic me so I love that being vulnerable makes you more authentic and I like that being more authentic means that you're more vulnerable it's this like beautiful cycle that just keeps feeding back into um, itself it's a snowball effect yeah just keeps getting bigger and better well, shit, that was a good little discussion. I might, I might get naked soon. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword might, everyone, might. Keep your eyes peeled. Just kidding, I'm not sharing those. Those are for her. But anyways, um, I hope you guys have an awesome Monday. Uh, thank you for joining me on this podcast. Her and I are probably going to do another one based off of uh, masculine and feminine energies. So keep your ears peeled. Um, and maybe, you know, someday we'll do a video. If I go back home, we can manifest some time to do a Facebook live video and talk about it because we've got pretty faces over here. So, um, I love you all. Thanks for tuning in and sorry about the, uh, <clears throat> the cut and the trim split up into this, but somebody called me and, um, yeah, I'm going to call him back right now. So cheers. Happy Monday. Happy moon day. Moon day. Love you guys.